0: Hi there, you are listening to Permission to Pivot. This is your host, Kayla McCall. We have another awesome episode today. I need to think of another intro because I feel like I say that every week. We have another great episode, but we do. We have an awesome episode today. I'm talking to Kimberly, and she is now a career-type coach helping people get over the overwhelm and build a career that feels more peaceful and in line with what you want. But before that, she spent over 20 years working as a marketing leader at some of the most top tier companies like Apple and Logitech. And she, um, you know, climbed that ladder and worked at a lot of these places and was very successful, but she found herself getting burnt out like a lot of people do. And so she wanted to pivot and build a career helping other people that are in those industries and working really hard and how they can bring more joy into their life. So she ended up switching careers, writing a book. It's such a great episode and I really know that you are going to love it. So let's get into it.
1: Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm great, Kayla. It's great to meet you.
0: It's really nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for being on, taking the time to do this with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in and ask you my icebreaker question that I ask everybody when they come on. Um, and I ask this mostly out of curiosity and a little bit out of the trend that I'm seeing when I ask it. So I'm going to ask you when you were little and people would ask you, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? What was your typical answer?
1: So I grew up in Idaho and what's funny is I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was 11. Oh. I wanted to go into international marketing, which is the reason I bring up Idaho. It's not really typical that most people in Idaho are like, ooh, international marketing. Uh-huh. And But I knew exactly what I wanted to do and was like laser focused in getting there. Um, when I didn't have that kind of... Um, There wasn't an international degree at the school that I went to, so I basically went to the dean and created it. So I did an international studies degree with a minor in business, economics, and German to kind of create my own version of an international marketing degree.
0: That's wild. So when you were 11, how did you even know that international marketing was a thing?
1: Um, I just... I read voraciously as a little kid and I, we had this globe and I wanted to travel. And I started talking to my mom and my grandfather was in charge of lumber mills. And mm-hmm. so we started talking about different things that I could do so I could travel. And international marketing was the thing that was the most exciting to me.
0: Oh, I'd wow. Happen. That's that's really neat. I, I love that because that is such a specific thing that you wanted to do. um, But it came out of your desire to want to travel the world. So um, I love that. That's amazing. So then you, as you said, you created that degree pretty much in college. So you ended up going to college for that. And what was kind of your jumping point? Like after college, where did you land? What did you do
1: then? Yeah. So it's funny because there was this loop that I think some people have. I wanted to get a job doing international marketing, but to even get an entry level job, you had to have experience. Uh-huh. And so to get the experience, you had to have the experience, right? So uh-huh. it was a horrible loop. So I I ended up um, working in a few random places and then I went and got my MBA because that would be the equivalent of experience for uh-huh. a lot of companies. So I went to Thunderbird and got my international MBA with obviously marketing as, you know, the specialty that I went for Mm -hmm. Uh, and ended up presenting in South Africa and working in Germany for a little while. And right out of grad school, I worked for Clorox. So always had international marketing positions. Okay. So you pretty much just tried to step
0: into roles that would move you to other places. Yes. Was that kind of the motivation there? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And wanted something that had an international feel to it wherever I was. Mm -hmm. So when I worked at Clorox, it had it when I, I then went and, um, worked for Nestle, obviously international company. Mm -hmm. So absolutely loved that every piece of it had some international piece to it.
0: So what was that like moving to different places? Were you, at that point, did you have a partner? Were you moving on your own? Were you just making friends every time you moved? Like, what was
1: that like? Oh, so when I, I worked in Germany Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was, I was dating someone at the time. Um, and so that was easier right mm-hmm. um still in grad school when I was at Clorox and Nestle I ended up staying in the states because oh, okay. at that yeah. point um it would have been too challenging if you work somewhere else only one of you can work internationally
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so you went from Idaho to Germany back to Idaho
1: no I went so I, I went, went Idaho to Portland okay. to Arizona to Germany, Mexico, to uh, a very short stay actually between Germany and Mexico, South Africa for three weeks. Um, and then graduated in Arizona and then went to, um, then went to California.
0: Okay. So did all of that kind of fill that or scratch that itch of wanting to travel or once you were in California were you still like no I still want to be you were still in international marketing so you're doing what you want to do but is the travel piece still there for you
1: yeah so the travel piece was still there in that uh, so I worked for plantronics and we went um you know we went to Mexico we went to China um uh, I worked then for Apple and while working for Apple, I went to uh, all over Europe. I also went to China I, and went to Japan. So a lot of travel. And then personally, I did a lot of travel internationally as well. So I wow. love traveling.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So what is kind of some of the pivot points for you during that? I know you worked for multiple different big companies. You took on really hefty roles in those different places. So what were some of those
1: transitions like for you? Yeah. So there are two big pivot points that I had when I went from, I was working right out of grad school for consumer packaged goods, CPG companies. I started with Clorox in consumer insights, which is like market research. Right. Mm -hmm. And then worked for Nestle. And I will never forget one day, um, someone not so subtly, but very nicely, she's still a very good friend said, do you want to drive the bus or do you want to help navigate and the help navigate? That's, that's where you are right now with consumer insights. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to drive the bus, that's my lane, you know, so she was doing two things like, Hey, what do you want to do? And she also was, you know, not so subtly saying stay in your lane. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. it got me to think that it actually wasn't what I wanted to do, consumer insights. So my first major pivot was moving from consumer packaged goods and market research into product marketing and into tech. So moved back up to the Bay Area um, from LA and got a position doing product marketing, product management, kind of this hybrid role that very few roles had. Uh, mm-hmm. Implantronics working on headsets. And that was a massive pivot because you went from having all of this data, understanding so much about your consumer because of Nielsen data and consumer packaged goods mm-hmm. and market research to, so what do we want to do in headsets and much less data and, and really driving and owning so much more of the P&L and all of the decisions. Mm-hmm. And I found that I absolutely love that. So spent 20 years doing marketing, leadership, everything, you know, like I said, from CPG to then moving into tech, uh, startup, running uh, marketing for smart home at Logitech, worked for four years at Apple doing launches, international launches, Mm -hmm. like iPhone 6 and 6S. Nice. Yeah. And then I had the second pivot and I ended up moving from all of this tech and marketing to then going into what I do now, which is executive coaching, and I'm an author and international speaker. So that was also a really big pivot point. And again, it was this realization of, I don't know that I really love what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I really, I want to change and kind of follow my my passion for what I want to do next.
0: So what was the pivot moving more into the coaching and writing a book and all of that what was kind of, was there a moment when you were like, all right, I need, I need to be done with this. I need to move into this other thing. Or did it happen more gradually um,
1: and more of a slow process? So in 2018, Logitech laid off half of their smart home department. Mm -hmm. And I was affected by that. Mm -hmm. And I've been interviewing and interviewing in these, Top positions to be like a CMO or head of marketing, Mm -hmm. and was very excited about it until I would get to like that final round and started thinking about the pieces that I really would need to do and what I wanted to do. And there was just this, I don't know, voice inside of me that was like, "Mm, Is this really, really what you want to do next? Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like in society, there is such a should of what you should do, right? I was climbing, mm-hmm. I was on this trajectory. So I didn't listen to the voice at first and I kept interviewing and applying, but not getting these positions, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like the universe was kind of nudging me. Mm-hmm. So I started paying more and more attention to it. I started talking to people and and I was given this book. Um, it's called Design Your Life. And I went to this workshop and at that workshop, I created these three different things. One of them was, okay, so if you keep your life exactly the way it is, what does that look like in five years? If you make a minor pivot, what does it look like in five years? If you were to do your dream job in five years, what would that be? Here's the crazy thing. We are five years out. Mm-hmm. I've ticked almost all of the boxes. Oh, for that's my dream would be. So, yeah. yeah.
0: In those five years, hopefully you're going to come regardless. So you might as well be working towards doing that thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So where do you where do you speak now and who do you
1: coach and and all of that and who is your book for? Okay. So uh I speak at or I've just spoken at Stanford. I did a three-part workshop series there for entrepreneurs. It was all about how you build incredible relationships and how you can crush self-doubt. I spoke for I spoke at Roku in person which in-person was just amazing mm-hmm. for International Women's Day. I was keynote at Geico and uh, I'm speaking in just a few weeks at Bosch for their diversity days. Oh my gosh, that's
0: so amazing.
1: Yeah, oh. and so I I coach executives, people that are trying to really elevate elevate their impact and people that really want to build incredible relationships so that they can drive results. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, especially right now, People think we need to do results, results, results. I don't have time for that fluffy stuff. Kimberly, I can't focus on, on the relationships, but that's the wrong way around, which is also why I wrote my book, meet me on the bridge, which is all about the nine bricks that you need to build a solid relationship with people at work.
0: Mm-hmm. What are the nine bricks?
1: Do we okay. have to the book to know? <laughs> no, no, I, I can tell you. Okay. So you start with building the foundation. And that is you need trust, respect, and connection. And connection is really like this genuine connection and understanding the other person and what motivates them and just like a deep understanding. And the biggest thing with those three is it has to be authentic, Mm
0: -hmm. okay?
1: And then the next part is you wanna strengthen the bridge. So that's gaining alignment, it's setting expectations and boundaries, and it's also having opportunity and a growth mindset. And then the thing is about any kind of bridge, you either need to always be reinforcing it and maintaining it, or it's atrophying, right? Mm -hmm. So the third part is maintaining or rebuilding the bridge because sometimes things happen. Mm -hmm. So it's creating a culture of curiosity, it's active listening, and then it's ownership with consistency. And the thing is the book, it's not just like, hey, if you're a manager or hey, if you're an employee, my thought is both sides have to build the bridge because if only one side builds the bridge, then it's really just a lookout. It's not actually a bridge. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I love that a lot. I think um, I'm in real estate and I think a big part of, I had a kind of a pivot point too, where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And it's kind of when things started to get really negative, you know, interest rates went up and like the whole conversation was just always about, how negative everything was. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, this is tough because, you know, you get, you see people out there that are encouraging people to, you know, do things when maybe it's not the best time to do things and stuff. And I started to feel like this weird pressure to push through this moment, regardless of what's Mm -hmm. best for, you know, everybody. And I, I finally, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I talked to, Uh, one of my friends about it. And she was like, well, what if you just really only focus on the good part that you like and stuff? And I was like, oh my God, it was like such an epiphany moment that I don't have to do the other stuff. Like I can just focus on the things that I'm really good at. And that's the relationship building and that the always speaking openly and honestly with my clients and people about like, what really is best for you? And, and knowing that that will be enough to, fill any need that I have. And so I, I like that where it's like, you want to make sure that there's authenticity in your relationship building and that the main focus in any career I think should be on your relationships and like how you're showing up for people and being able to block out the noise of how maybe everybody else is doing it or how it's perceived that you should be doing it and being able to just like stay focused on like what what works for you and what, you know, what for me brings value and like joy into my life, because when you're in a job, there are going to be things that you don't like about it. And so it's being able to like figure out if you can navigate around those and make it still a career that
1: works for you. I love that you're talking about that because that is one of the biggest things, right? You have to find what are the things that really bring you joy and what are your superpowers And I feel like those are two key points for anybody that is going to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. What are the things, if you're, if you're deciding to stay or to pivot, what are the things that bring you joy and do they still bring you joy? Can Mm -hmm. you, can you tweak something about your current position so that it brings you more joy? And if you're looking to pivot, like what are the different pieces that you can take where you're really leveraging those superpowers that you have, right? Like your relationship skills Mm -hmm. or, you know, the, the speaking honestly with a genuine connection with people.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what I feel like too, is with this podcast as well. It doesn't have to be this like, Oh, I made a, you know, I left my nine to five and I started an entrepreneur, like I'm an entrepreneur now. It doesn't have to be that for me, it can be as simple as, Like you just said, the pivot can be the mindset. The pivot can be, you know, I, when I started this job, I really liked it. And these are the reasons why I'm thinking about leaving. Well, are those reasons really things that you have to tolerate or be a part of, or are those things that can be eliminated from your position or from your everyday life or whatever? Um, So I just, I think that I want people to understand that this podcast is not just all about some big dramatic life-changing, I quit my job and traveled, you know, the world for years or whatever. It can be those little subtle, subtle pivots that I think sometimes make even more of a difference.
1: Yeah. Well, or you can also add volunteering to Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? Like it could be even just a personal pivot. Mm -hmm. So if your job isn't fulfilling some of the pieces, then you can find, okay, what are the other aspects in my life that really fulfill me and bring me so much joy.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, and making that pivot, be bringing more things into your life that are joyful. Um, I think I, I talked to someone the other day that she had tried to make her passion and hobby a career. And she realized a couple of years in, she's like, oh no, I just want to do this because I like doing it. I don't want this to be like my job. And I was like, oh, good for you. Being able to be like, I don't have to do it just because I'm passionate about this doesn't mean it has to be my my career. It
1: can just be something I love. Yes. I've had a lot of people say, Ooh, you should open a bakery. No, no, because (laughs) I love baking and it is my stress relief. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to actually become the thing that I have to do Mm -hmm. 24 seven. Right. Um, I do it because it's something that I absolutely love. I think an interesting thing about pivoting, whether it's, you know, big or not, some people get held back in the I'm not enough X, right? Mm-hmm. And they can kind of get stuck in like imposter syndrome
0: mm-hmm. or they
1: can get stuck in you know certain limiting beliefs, which is another thing that, that I talk an awful lot to people about. And I've got an analogy about it to me. This is my favorite. So I can't ever go like a whole podcast without analogy. I'm excited so to hear it. There we go. So have you ever um, uh, gone skydiving? Uh, no, I went bungee jumping, but not skydiving. Okay. Okay. So with skydiving, here's the thing that happens, right? Like you don't get to just, well, I didn't get to just jump, you know, by myself. I jumped tandem the first time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the thing that happens is you're up in the airplane and once you reach like the right altitude, you know, there's this person strapped to your back and they do this thing where they go outside, inside jump. right? Mm -hmm. And when you go outside, there's all of this, you know, amazing, like air rushing by you. And you're like, oh, this is so amazing and and wonderful. Right. And that's, it's kind of like if you're going to step into something new and exciting, right. Mm -hmm. It's the same as if, you know, you're, you're going for that big promotion or you're going to pivot or you're going to do that next really big thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you go inside and you have this moment where like, this is a perfectly good airplane. Why, why Mm -hmm. am I jumping out of this airplane? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I swear, probably everybody has it if they're honest with themselves. And it's the same thing when you're thinking about, wait, why am I going for the VP role? Do I have enough? Or, you know, what if I, you know, decide that I want baking to be my business? Or what Mm -hmm. if I, you know, I want to be a coach or write a book or whatever, right? Do I have enough? And That's the moment where you have to decide what do you want to do? Do you want to sit down and then you're just going to like kind of hang out because to your point, the next five years are going to go by, Mm -hmm. right? Or do you want to believe that you have metaphorically packed all the right stuff in, in your pack Mm -hmm. and it's the right way. And so you can trust it when you jump, Mm right? Right. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about pivoting is it's never etched in stone. You know, mm-hmm. you could pivot again. Yeah. But if you jump and you believe in your expertise and you believe in all the stuff that that you've done and your mindset and everything, it can become this amazing rush and incredible adventure. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I advocate, you know, jumping out of planes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think keeping yourself open too. Mm -hmm. Like when you make, when you take those risks and you, you know, you jump out of the plane, you're also opening yourself up to just so many opportunities. And so it's, it's wild to see the amount of people I've heard from that started in one direction during their pivot. And because they were so open and excited about opportunity, something totally different presented itself to them that Mm -hmm. became something amazing, you know? And so I think, um, when we stay, where we feel very safe and very comfortable and very just, you know, stuck, mm-hmm. then we we don't have the ability to be open to see what other opportunities are out there. Exactly. Um, and I and I just feel like, yes, of course, sometimes it, it feels easier to just get up and do the same thing that you've always done, and not create any kind of change. Um, but I think that there's just so much
1: to be missed when yeah. that's happening. And I don't know, I personally like to learn and experience mm-hmm. more. Maybe it's why I like traveling so much, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it feels kind of boring to just stay in that one little box and mm-hmm. not go and expand and learn and try different things. And, and, and to your point, right. It opens you up to all kinds of new, different experiences, mm-hmm. uh, Okay. I have a funny story for you wow. that you just made me think of. So mm-hmm. when I was a junior in college, my friend and I were doing the like backpacking, um, across Europe Amazing. and, um, we were on this train and I ended up just like not feeling great. And so I took a nap. I, the train we were on was in Germany, uh, and trains sometimes split. Right. Mm-hmm. And she spoke no German. So they said, hey, if you want to go here, you need to get off at this point. While I was sleeping, she doesn't speak German. She didn't hear it. And we ended up in a totally different country. And so we ended up veering off into Austria, Mm -hmm. which was kind of hilarious because she'd wanted to go to Rome. And it just turned out that this like, like middle of the night And the only other train we could hop on with, you know, our Euro pass was Mm -hmm. one that was going to take us to Rome. So we took this like Mm -hmm. overnight, ended up in Rome, which is where she really wanted to go. And that's the thing. Like, if you just stay open and -hmm. don't freak out, Mm -hmm. sometimes the trains that split lead you to really interesting places, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the pivot can take you somewhere that's really, uh, you know, sometimes an intentional pivot can take you somewhere that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think just, yeah. And my, like you said, mindset, staying positive about it, understanding what you can learn in those experiences, what you can, like what memories can be made and things like that. And, and I think that, um, you know, we, when I was like 19 or 20, I was I've lived in Portland for pretty much all my life. And, um, I decided I wanted to move and I had like my core group of friends and I knew one person in Phoenix. So I was like, I'm out, I'm going. And I remember a lot of people being like, you're going to miss so much. Like you're going to miss all of us turning 21. You're going to miss. And Mm. I was just so open to the idea of, but what am I going to learn? What am I going to, you know? And and so doing that, and I remember I made the decision and it's so my personality, three weeks later, I was packing the U-Haul and I was like out of there. I ended up getting like three jobs so I could live by myself and and everything. And it was amazing. Some of the best memories I have ever made. I met my husband living there. Um, and then we moved back to Portland and we've been in, we were in Portland for 12 years. And again, we had been talking and I was like, I want to move again. I just, you know, and it, and it was it harder even because we have kids and family and stuff and and all of that. But, and I had those conversations again, you're going to miss out on so many things and all that. And I'm like, but the opportunity to explore
1: mm-hmm. just
0: seems like more of a positive than a negative. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we moved to Austin. My husband has some family here too. So, um, and it's just been, great. And I just really wanted to give my kids that point of view of, for one, like you said, nothing is permanent. Right. Right. And so we're going to do this. We're going to have this fun adventure. We're going to live somewhere different. We're going to make new friends and build new relationships and still have our people that we love in Portland and see them too, but helping them to understand that you can do whatever you want to do. And if you don't like it, well, we could just move back, you know, yes. it's like, it's, yeah. it's not, um, this end all be all thing. And I just, I, I feel so strongly about that. And I feel like doing that with kids and with a family and all of that seems so crazy to so many people that I know. And, um, for me even more, it was like, I'm just going to lead, lead in this situation and hope that it can like empower other people to, I hate the rain. I didn't want to live in the rain anymore. So I'm moving. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's all those things. And we are so happy here. I feel like I see my family and friends in Portland more now that we move, just because, you know, you're in like the mundaneness of life and things just happen. And now it's such intentional time that we get together, Mm. which is just so amazing. Um, but I, again, I think it's just so much about your perspective and your point of view and how
1: you decide to approach these situations. It's true, right? Because I mean, what you're talking about is, okay, so if you kind of think about keys to pivoting, right? A lot of times, either you're going to have in internal critics in your mind, or they're going to be very loud external critics. Oh, you shouldn't do it because X or Y, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when I was thinking about pivoting to coaching, oh, but you know you're climbing this ladder why would yeah. you why would you do that oh you you've got this other job opportunity why would you turn it down mm-hmm. right or why would you leave portland everything is fine here mm-hmm. so the that first step is kind of quieting that critic at least for you internally mm-hmm. right and then reframing that okay so what is it that i can step into that i can learn how can i grow in this new position what am i excited about Hmm. and then, you know, leveraging those strengths. Okay, cool. So, uh, what are my superpowers that I really want to explore, to grow, to lean into what are the things, you know, or for your family, what are the things that I really want to, to live into that is important for them. Mm-hmm. Right? And that to me, like that kind of process is the best way to, to do a pivot. Right. And then, because then you're doing it from something that is core within you and that's how I've seen the best, the best pivots happen and how I've coached people to pivot, you know, really successfully, Mm -hmm. whether it's a career or something that they want, you know, to, to do or taking on a board position or, you know, even taking on a new kind of life position.
0: Yeah. 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 I love all of that so much. And I think it's it's really important to note that even if you're not that business owner or entrepreneur or whatever, um, even in your life working a nine to five working corporate, there's still opportunity to grow and develop and not have to be pigeonholed into like, oh, this is just my role here. And this is yes. my place. You know, you can yes. always be exploring what else there
1: is for you, even if it is
0: staying with that within that company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and a great way to do that is by connecting with others and creating these relationships, understanding what other internal roles there are, or just even, you know, getting to know other people and know about what they do so that you can work better with them too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So as far as writing the book, did that come out of, after you started coaching for a while, you saw just kind of like a need for some more information out there for a, a better map. How did that all come together for you?
1: So there, there are two kind of funny stories about that Kayla. Uh, so first, um, it was during the pandemic and, um, I went into my son's room. He's uh, he's a teenager and he like he just started online school and he was finishing up his, um, or no, he was starting his uh, freshman year at this private school. Okay. I have no idea where this came from. I've like thought and thought and I still have no idea, but I knocked on his door and um, and went in and I said, ka-ching, ka-ching, ding. And again, no idea where that like goofy thing came from. And he looked at me like, you're a goofball mom. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm here to build a bridge. Every Every day I'm going to come in and I want to connect with you. I want to get to know you. Like how how is everything going? I don't mean grades, right? I, I don't want to know about grades. And his room literally looked like something had kind of exploded as far as clothes and boys stink and everything Mm like I don't care about you cleaning up your room I I just I want to know how are you doing how is everything going for you friends and 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 you and school and and all the things right and so I kept doing this for a few days and then at the next week he came in and he knocked on my door and he goes Ka-ching, ka-ching ding oh my oh, gosh man. I'm here to build a bridge and I was like oh it just it hit me right in the heart mm-hmm. you know I mean it's because he then got this idea that you know the bridge has to go both ways mm-hmm. right he needs to build I need to build and to this day we still talk about building this bridge and it was actually through that that it kind of hit me hey it's the same way in corporate right like All of the amazing things that I have been able to do, they've all been because I've had incredible relationships. It's the relationships that drive results. It's not results and then relationships. Mm -hmm. So the second thing is, um, I was out with a incredible friend of mine and we were having cocktails and we were talking about all these different things. And she just kept saying, you should write a book. And I know that a lot of people have a book on their bucket list. I did not. And I was like, no, Michelle, I'm not, no, no, I'm not writing a book No." And she just kept saying more and more, oh, that'd be amazing. And by the end of the night, and I, it's funny, because we were just talking about this last night, I just went out with her to celebrate her birthday. By the end of the night, she was saying, okay, so if we were to write, if you were to write a book. Here's how we could, you know, we were like brainstorming by the end of the night, all these ways that we could, um, you know, that I could write this book and actually have it come to life. Mm -hmm. So it was those couple of different things. And then literally a couple of days later, a good friend of mine said, Hey, I'm writing a book. You should think about writing a book. And he didn't know that any of these other things. So again, I kind of feel like occasionally the universe just conspires to have things happen.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah. amazing. 10 months later, I had
0: a book on the shelves. Oh my 10 it. months later. Well, I'm totally going to mm-hmm. steal that with my 11 year old. I'm going to build a bridge with her. Um, I'm taking it's that still, for sure. Good. I yes. love it. I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, so it took you 10 months to write the book. How hard was it to write a book? Did it just all flow out of you? Or I know I've heard people that say, all right, well, I just said I was going to write a thousand words a day. They didn't even have to make sense. I was just going to like put stuff on paper and then eventually it would come together. How did you do it?
1: So I was part of a program. And like I said, I had a friend who he was like six months ahead of me and the way that they do it, which just really works for my brain is, okay, so write down some of the ideas that you would put for just stories and then start writing some of those stories into paragraphs. And then start interviewing some different people to get more stories. And it it was almost, it was a little bit like writing a research paper at first. Mm -hmm. And, but then they, you know, then it was like, okay, here's an outline for how you can do a chapter. And they had literally like hundreds of different outlines based upon, do you like this kind of book or that kind of book? And what are you trying to do? And how do you want to do it? And so it was very much just chunked out, right? And I think really well that way, right? If if I'm overwhelmed... Uh, or if my clients are overwhelmed, I I say okay, let's go. Let's figure out two things that you're going to focus on, and that was a much easier process for me. So we then started putting it into chapters, and chapters then became the whole book. And then and each you know set of three chapters had um, an introduction to it, and that's how I kind of came up with like the building the bridge, the maintaining the bridge, or strengthening the strengthening bridge, and then maintaining and rebuilding the bridge. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was easy. It wasn't easy. It was very time intensive, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And it Mm -hmm. didn't take as long as I thought it was going to take. And I had the two best editors ever. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, they made it so much, so much easier. Yeah. Did you self-publish or did you already have a publisher that was like on board? So I did hybrid, which means that I get to keep the, all of the rights to mm-hmm. the book. So I have a leadership program that, um, that I do based on the book. Um, but they helped with, uh, copy editing, editing graphics, and actually printing the book.
0: Oh, cool. So yeah.
1: I highly recommend hybrid,
0: um, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a really, I'm always so
0: interested in this whole, this whole process. It's always so mind blowing to me. <laughs> have you thought about writing a book? Well, yeah. Like you said, most people, right. Have, yeah. have it on line. and I'm like, well, now I just need to write a book that's permission to pivot. And it's just going to be a bunch of people's stories in there. <laughs> hey, honestly, it's a great way to go. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I love hearing. I've had a couple people on here that have also written books and I just I think it's, I'm like, oh, I have such a long book list now. I'm like, all right. Adding this to my list of books to order and start reading. Cause uh, yeah, all of them. And even though you talk about corporate with yours, I know that your book will hold a place for anybody, you know, anybody that is looking to just build better relationships and learn how to navigate um, just the world in general in a better way. Yeah. I mean,
1: A lot of people have said, oh, you know, that this actually probably works really well for all kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I said, my son and I talk about, hey, we're building the bridge. We're, we're focusing on trust. I really want to be connected. This isn't, that wasn't a great way to show respect, right? Mm -hmm. Both of my boys, we talk about that. We talk about to repairing the bridge. We talk about how you can ask questions and and, an ownership, right? How you can Mm -hmm. really create this shared story so that it's not one person is to blame or the other person is to blame. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing about building bridges is being authentic and intentional about it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and so, yeah, it does. it, It works literally for any relationship that you have.
0: I love that. Wow. You've given so many great pieces of advice. Do you have anything, any last words of wisdom for anybody that's maybe, like you said, just sitting on the edge, thinking about making a pivot, what kind of
1: advice would you give them? So to me, the advice really is to listen to that internal voice that you have and really think about what it is that you're wanting or what's missing. And then are you not jumping out of the airplane because there is some internal or external voice that is really loud? Is it true? Is it not true? What do you need to be able to jump, right? Because again, there's this massive adventure that's gonna be so much fun if you jump and believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. you need to believe in yourself.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to get your book and I will be linking all of this stuff. So everyone else can find you and find where they can get it as well. I just so much appreciate you being here. I have absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to hear what you think about the book. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye.